Good morning, everyone. I'm R.W. Estella with a word in Edgewise. Today is the 17th of April, the 107th day of 2023, giving us 250 days, 58 days to work with on our way to 2024. In this second half of April, continuing as Poetry Month, we have a few lines from Kim Adonisio's Kansas 4 a.m. Before science, a lot of wind gods blew things around. An omniscient, omnipotent stranger who looked like Santa Claus and had a throne in outer space knew everything about you, yet still somehow loved you unreasonably. And locally here in Maine, poet Kathleen Ellis's hosting of the 21st Annual Poet Speak reading at the Bangor Public Library this past Thursday afternoon drew more than 60 participants sharing a wondrous variety of verses and voices. Heavenward, early this morning before dawn, our waning crescent moon was keeping company with the planet Saturn. And late evening to early morning this Friday and Saturday will be peak viewing for the annual Lyrid meteor shower. Today in 1387, according to scholars, Geoffrey Chaucer's Canterbury Tales' characters began their pilgrimage to Canterbury. Today in 1492, Cristobal Colon, a.k.a. Christopher Columbus, signed a contract with King Ferdinand and Queen Isabella of Spain to find the Indies, with the stated goal of converting people to Catholicism and promising him 10% of all riches found, along with the governorship of any lands encountered. Today in 1534, having not honored the wishes of King Henry VIII, Sir Thomas More was confined to the Tower of London, the beginning of the process that would eventually end in his being beheaded. Today in 1860, the U.S. Marine Hospital at Presidio, San Francisco, was formed. Today in 1932, Ethiopian Emperor Haile Selassie ended slavery in his country. Today, in 1964, the Ford Mustang was introduced for a base retail price of $2,368, and Jerry Mock became the first woman to fly solo around the world. Today, in 1993, two Los Angeles police officers were convicted in federal court for violating Rodney King's civil rights and were sentenced to prison while two other officers were acquitted, thus igniting subsequent riots. Today in 1999, the Rock for the Rainforest Benefit concert was held at Carnegie Hall. Today in 2012, the 8th century St. Cuthbert Gospel, Europe's oldest intact book, was purchased by the British Library for £9 million. Meanwhile, Maine's whitewater racing season continues with the 56th annual Kanduska Extreme Canoe Race having been run this past Saturday, beginning a little later than usual to accommodate the interaction of tides and scant passage space underneath the bridges in downtown Bangor before the finish line. Coming up this weekend on Saturday is the 49th annual Kiwanis Piscataquis River Race from Guilford to Dover Foxcroft. Early last week, President Joe Biden officially ended the national emergency set in place three years ago to respond to the COVID-19 pandemic. 
Johns Hopkins University of Medicine Coronavirus Resource Center has stopped collecting data, primarily due to the declining availability of data from state and local health officials, a difficulty also expressed last month by the New York Times, which has since reduced the frequency of their reports from daily to weekly, the rate at which the CDC currently provides stats about COVID. In its new weekly report this past Friday, the Times reported that the U.S. had 120,530 confirmed cases of COVID this past week, with 1,773 deaths, or approximately one death every five and a half minutes. Certainly still an emergency for some of our fellow citizens. An interesting fact released lately by the FAA is that every wastewater sample taken from every commercial airline flight in the U.S. has indicated the presence of COVID. When so many folks want to travel with so many other folks, whether vaccinated or not, while we still have a substantial incidence of the disease, why should the FAA's info be a surprise? With 105 million cumulative cases of COVID in the U.S. since the onset of COVID three years ago, we continue in first place on the planet, thus proving we are the most hospitable people to the virus, engendering 16% of the world's 677 million cumulative cases when we're only 4% of the world's population. Deaths from COVID in the U.S. are currently at 1.2 million. 69% of all Americans have completed the primary series of vaccinations. Booster rates vary by age group, with the highest rate being 42% among citizens 65 years and older. Today, 1923, in Dakota City, Iowa, Harry Reisner was born to two school teachers who died when Harry was a teenager. His parents' hope was for him to complete a college degree, and though he studied journalism at Stanford University and the University of Minnesota, he left his academic pursuits in 1943 to serve in the Army during World War II, after which he worked as a drama critic for the Minnesota Times until he was fired for writing a bad review of a New York production touring Minnesota. In later years, he reflected, the theory was that you couldn't criticize them or they'd stop coming. Harry tried writing fiction, publishing a novel, Tell Me About Women, which did poorly, so he turned to news reporting, with CBS News eventually hiring him as radio broadcaster in 1956. From there, he went into television journalism, where he became an anchor and one of the founding correspondents of 60 Minutes. Harry Reisner became known for his unaffected approach to the business of journalism, which he felt was, quote, a kind of profession or craft or racket for people who never wanted to grow up and go out into the real world. If you're a good journalist, what you do is live a lot of things vicariously and report them for other people who want to live vicariously. Today is also the birthday in 1539 of Swiss painter and contributor to the second astronomical clock at Strasbourg, Tobias Stimmer. In 1586, of English dramatist John Ford. In 1620, of the French founder of the Congregation of Notre Dame, first Canadian Saint Marguerite Bourgeois. 
1820, of American inventor of modern baseball and Hall of Fame pioneer Alexander Cartwright. In 1837, of American financier J.P. Morgan. In 1845, of prison reform activist and Vermont native Isabel Barrows. In 1885, of Danish writer Karen Blixen, a.k.a. Isaac Dennison. In 1897, of American playwright Thornton Wilder. In 1918, of American actor William Holden. In 1924, of American human rights activist Althea Simmons. In 1928, of American writer Cynthia Ozick. And in 1951, of Argentine-British actress Olivia Hussey. For more on Omain, I'm R.W. Estella with a word in Edgewise. Here's to the fifth official week of spring and to the 16th week of the new year.